Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Let's pray together. For the sake of my brothers and my neighbors, I will say, may there be peace in you. For the sake of the temple of the Lord our God, I will pray for you to prosper. Psalm 122, 8 through 9. One of the biggest blessings of my life was a father who made home a priority. Dad always worked hard to leave work at a reasonable hour. He didn't view success on the corporate ladder as his chief goal, but home instead was his main goal. He worked hard, but kept work in the right place on the priority list. The impact of that on me as a child was huge. Having dad home every night was something I took for granted. But there was one year back in the 90s when dad did have to travel on several overnight trips. Most of them were just two or three days, but there were a couple that lasted a week. It was something about how IBM had sold a new computer and server system to one of the government agencies and dad had to get it installed at all the field offices. Those weeks were terrible. Everyone in the house was grumpy. Mom was grumpy. Us boys were wild and on edge. We fought with each other. We disrespected mom. No one felt good. My brother would start biting people. It was a bad time. One of my earliest memories was when dad came back home from one of those trips. He'd been gone to Texas for a week. His flight wasn't going to land until the evening, and then he still had to drive an hour from the airport. He was going to arrive after our bedtime. We begged and begged mom to let us stay awake until dad got back, and she finally caved. She let us stay up. I have no idea why she gave in. I wouldn't do that now with my kids. If I was on day number seven of solo parenting, I'd have everyone in bed by 8 p.m. sharp, probably 7.30. But I'm glad mom didn't do that. Dad finally came in the door. It felt so good to have him home, and he brought us gifts. He brought us cap guns that looked like revolvers and cowboy hats from Texas. I mentioned earlier how I loved cap guns. This is probably why. We quickly strapped on our six shooters, donned our hats, and ordered mom to stick them up. She didn't raise her hands, but she did take our picture. It's an adorable picture. Two little boys in their pajamas. The guns and the cowboy hats looked like we meant business, but the pajamas and the huge smiles said otherwise. Dad was home. The world was okay. Psalm 122 is thoroughly steeped in Jewish culture. It's the song or prayer of a Hebrew that is traveling to the yearly festival in Jerusalem. He's pronouncing blessings on the temple and on Jerusalem. I've never been to Jerusalem, and the temple isn't there anymore, so it's a little bit tough to figure out how this applies to my life today until we do some digging. As we do some digging on the temple, we start to see what's going on. In the beginning of the Bible, God describes a garden called Eden. It was the home of Adam and Eve, the first humans. God was there too, and he spent time with the humans. He communicated with them and worked with them and did life with them, and life was good. And we all know what happened next. Humans disobeyed and God kicks them out of the garden. Gone are the days of walking and talking with God anytime you wanted to. But God wasn't done with humans. Spread throughout the Old Testament is the story of how God reached through a man named Abraham to start trying to reconnect with humans. Abraham was the beginning of the Jewish nation. Eventually, God gave the Jews a building where they could connect with God and it was called the temple. When you read the plans for building the temple and its predecessor, the tabernacle, you see all kinds of imagery and artwork that was meant to remind the Jews of the garden. This building was supposed to be a place where they could communicate and connect with God. God was present there with his people. So I find it interesting that in the last half of Psalm 122, the author uses the word peace three times and prosper three times. Peace and prosperity are directly linked to being in the presence of God, and it has ramifications on the city, the people, and the government. Here's the cool part, however. 
If you get a couple minutes, go flip over to the last couple chapters of the book of Revelation. The author is describing our eventual resting spot after the struggle on this planet is over. And here's a hint for you. It looks like the garden comes back. Dad's coming home, guys. Peace and prosperity. Rest. It will be back. Let's pray. Father, I long for your return, and I want to be back in the garden. I want to see what a world looks like when it's in full connection with you. I want to see your peace and your prosperity rule over all of existence. I know that's what I'm built for. I know that's what my future will be. Thank you for making a way for me to be a part of it. A couple thoughts for you as we close today. Do you see peace and prosperity in the world now? How about your family? How about your personal life? And how are those things linked to God's presence? Also, just a quick note, I am not smart enough to come up with all these cool ideas myself. Huge shout out to the Bible Project, bibleproject.com, for teaching me a lot about the temple in the garden. You can find out more in their video about the temple. So check that out. We'll see you next time.